Battle of the Labyrinth, Chapter 5. Nico buys Happy Meals for the dead. At least I got a good night's sleep before the quest, right? Wrong. I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood. Join us as we journey back through a childhood favorite series. And see what lessons we can learn as adults from these books that meant so much to us as kids. You you can cut this out if you want, but am I the only one who thought like the first sentence of chapter five reminded me of uh, Borat when he does the not joke? I haven't <laughs> yes. seen I, I agree with you. Borat, <laughs> but I've heard so many people do Borat impressions. So I feel like I have. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, wait, let Feels me read like it. I have. Let me, what page is that on? It's, uh, I already it's lost chapter it. Five. I think I've seen Borat through Osmosis. I've seen three, chapter four, chapter... It's page 81. It's page 81. That's a lot of pages in. Sorry. Yeah, 81. Yeah, it says, at We're least far. I got a good night's sleep before the quest, right? Wrong. <laughs> I agree. Oh, Wait, and then and then how does the Borat one go, Samuel? I'm not doing a Borat impression. This is a Percy Jackson podcast. <laughs> We can't go. This is not a Borat podcast. What's that thing that he always says, though? Um, Very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, literally, we spend like at least ten minutes an episode talking about Taylor Swift. Like, we can go off topic. (laughs) It's true. We're great at going off topic. Actually, it's one of our main skills. oh, Oh, on the Discord, somebody said that she did new music. Yeah, um, she. she That's did all I know. And I've listened to it multiple times. It's very good. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I very haven't. I, I. I mean, like, I haven't listened to her. I didn't so. listen to the one where she's like in the trees. Yeah, like, like the picture <laughs> where she's in the trees and I, she's yeah. got the thing on yeah. her. So yeah, I think I don't. I, I remember last time I saved one of you from having to do the thirty second recap. I mean, oh yes, Samuel. Huh. If if he wants to, okay, I'll go. Go. Okay. Okay. Sure. This is a fight, Sam. <laughs> well, wonderful. It's so. <laughs> a fight. All right. So, welcome back to Return to Camp Half Blood. <laughs> oh right. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> we did not formally introduce what we were doing, but hello. No. Uh, this How week we? we will be talking about the Battle of the Labyrinth chapters five and six. Nico buys cheeseburgers for happy meals. Happy meals. Happy meals. That's like one of the most famous chapter titles of the entire series. I am so aware. I also just read it out loud in the beginning of the episode and still messed it up. So Nico (laughs) buys happy meals for the dead. We meet the God on two faces through the theme of choices. And those other voices that you're hearing this week, we are joined by Sam and Diego of the Half-Blood Report. Yes. <laughs> for having us. Well, like so, we need like a little bit of like a hype track in the background. Like I'll yeah. oh, put a little a little music in little Exactly, like a yeah. beat drop, like Is that yeah, it's necessary. Um uh, no, hey guys, uh we're from the Half Flood Report, uh Samuel and Diego. Uh, I'm Diego, that's Samuel. Samuel, say Samuel. Samuel. There, that's Samuel. Um yeah, uh we do a podcast also. Uh, you guys uh, may or may not know about us. Uh, do you want to tell us what, what you do on your podcast? What your Samuel, podcast you is, do is this part. Samuel's yeah. much better at this. Um, so we talk a lot about kind of the latest and greatest from Rick Riordan and his imprint, Rick Riordan Presents. So if you want to know about upcoming Rick Riordan books, upcoming Rick Riordan Presents books, 
um, reviews of books that have come out recently, then yeah, check us out. Um, and also occasionally we go back and do reviews of his older work. I know mm-hmm. in the future we're planning uh, in, the, in the soon future we're that's not a phrase. I was trying to <laughs> near future. Near future. That's what I was thinking of. Soon future. I mean, it's it's catching on, you know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're it's planning to do Pink Chronicles pretty soon. So yeah, and and we also do interviews. That's that's yes, that's a thing do, we do. We do uh, really a deeper do. an interview or a, you know collab episode on our podcast each month. So that's yeah uh, what we talk about. Yeah. Also, they have interviewed Rick Riordan. Oh, I, yeah. Because I, I they wouldn't plug that for themselves, so mm. I will plug, we'll plug that for them. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we have interviewed him. Um, we asked him about theme parks, and that was interesting. You guys should totally listen to it. Yeah, yeah. I was actually thinking about that collab this morning. I was like, I still cannot believe it. Like, that's just <laughs> unreal to me. It's still wild. It's just, I think good the, on you, cool. you know? I think yeah. the last time you guys were on was right before it dropped. And I think you guys were like, there's something coming. Oh, yeah. I did <laughs> like, that whole thing. No, can't tell you. We, we'd finished, reco- we, we'd recorded it like an hour before. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. I was so, I was so sad because I was like, oh yeah, we got the collab with Return to Camp Halfland. I was like, how am I supposed to be pumped? Like I just interviewed like <laughs> Rick Arden, and now like these people are talking about his books. So, or like the entire time I want to be like, oh him? Yeah, I could have asked him like a couple yeah, minutes ago, yeah. but like moment passed, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, to come clean, we actually just interviewed Rick Riordan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hours before this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's the way we no. prepare for your episodes now. <laughs> it's like, you need to go do research by, like, asking Rick about it before you come on to our podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, we don't we don't feel prepared. We got to ask him what he was thinking during the Battle of the Labyrinth. He told us he was uh, snacking on some chocolate as he was writing this chapter. That was he so felt- close to being a segue to the episode. <laughs> okay no we we did not do that all right speaking about what happens in the battle of the labyrinth diego has volunteered or ben volunteered to do a 30 second recap of what happened in these chapters uh okay uh do you like count me in is there yeah i i will will count you in uh It'll be inconsistent, and you'll be surprised when it actually starts. Three, okay. two, one, go. All right. So um, Percy has a dream of Luke, and he's uh, talking with Kronos, and then that gets slashed up. Then he sees Nico trying to feed Happy Meals to the dead. After that, the chapter ends, and he's on the quest. He finds a dead milkman, uh, and he meets the god of two choices. Hera stops by for some sandwiches, and then Annabeth uh, has a very sassy line, and they leave down a dark hallway. You have five more seconds. Anything else you what? Hera. Wow. <laughs> that was fantastic. That was so impressive. That's Actually, better than <laughs> any of us have ever done. Like, I think we need Diego to come in and summarize the chapters for us every week. That was mm-hmm. that was oh. wonderful work. Yeah. I was very impressed. Why can't wow, we summarize like that on our podcast? <laughs> you got it done in like 20 seconds too. You had so much time left. Yeah. I, I was I was stressed. I was pumped. I got I had to hit the the the, the plot points there. Kronos, mm-hmm. Nico, uh, like labyrinth, Hera, tunnel. It's kind great, of stra- great strategy. That is yeah. a great strategy. It was very good. 
All right. Neve, <laughs> do, do you have the songs for these chapters for this week of the Titans? Not Titans Curse playlist. Oh, Battle yeah. of the Labyrinth. Labyrinth. I do. Um, so for chapter five, another pick. I feel like every time I pick music, I'm like, I don't want to hear it from any of you. But I really don't want to hear it. Um, <laughs> it's The Ghost of You by My Chemical Romance. And listen, <laughs> it's not my fault that my my music taste does not expand past the 2000s emo scene. Um, that's pretty much like my main discography. But I felt like the lyrics make a lot of sense for these chapters, specifically Nico. I, I, I focused on the Nico part. The Luke part was just like plot development for like this the overarching story so I just focused on um the Nico scene also the, the chapter is named after that so I was like I'll just focus on that um and then for chapter six I'm I picked uh needing slash getting by the band okay go um it sounds cool <laughs> and I feel like it's um it's mostly about their conversation with Hera and Annabeth's uh impending choice that she'll have to make um and yeah I think that that summarizes it pretty much the lyrics make a lot of sense for Annabeth not much sense for anything else in chapter six but I felt like one of the biggest parts of chapter six was Annabeth and her very very scary provision of like making a big choice so there's my picks can I say something kind of kind of sad go for it so I, I was looking at Diego's face while you were talking, and I don't think he knows what my no. I have no idea is. what either of those songs or bands are. Well, um, I don't think well, the second song to be is completely okay. Honest, the OK Go song was a kind of a deep cut. I can't even no, find it. No, the OK it. Go song is a deep cut. It's all good. Um, I can send it to you. It's on Apple Music. I found it. I found it now. I found it. <laughs> Somebody but, doesn't but use Apple Music. It's on Spotify mm-hmm. too. I just thought you said meeting slash getting, not needing oh, no. slash getting. Meeting. Yeah. Um, um, I, I'm not romance. a listener of OK Go. <laughs> My Chemical I, Romance makes you want to wear eyeliner and like get really sad. So it's um, a very Nico band. Well, oh. the, the thing is, I know this because actually the only reason I know uh, My Chemical Romance is from My Immortal, so. Mm. Um, What's that? <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> Every time I go on another podcast, I feel like I just don't understand any any of the references. Um, uh, I do not know what the uh, chemical, uh, like, romance <laughs> thing uh, band is, uh, but I do know that um, if it's, uh, you know, like, dark and sad it definitely fits with the nico theme so i agree with your song suggestion thank you so much yeah kids at home google my chemical romance <laughs> they're great kids band. at home oh my god you're corrupting the youth <laughs> <laughs> i'm indoctrinating the youth <laughs> it was a very good choice for this this chapter sometimes it goes emo no matter what but a lot of times it does hey fit. i think i've been it's, justified it's- in my emo choices I think I, I make agree. a good case for all of them. The, this playlist continues to be very inconsistent, though, and mm-hmm. I'm loving it. Titan's Curse all worked together. Every song on this Battle of the Labyrinth playlist is wild. True. <laughs> I mean, I also pulled stuff out of nowhere, you know? Like, I did as well. The deep cuts are good. You know, they make it fun. I agree. I mean, this is the most wild of the Percy Jackson books. 
Like this is the one where just yeah. stuff goes crazy. Mm-hmm. It is kind of wild and inconsistent. So I think we're on brands. Yeah, exactly. He's just <laughs> the labyrinth makes no sense and neither does the book. <laughs> there it is. There it is. All right. <laughs> Folks, what did we forget about these chapters before rereading them? This is sort of a oh sorry, Eva, but this no, is no, sort no. of a like recap from last week. Chiron is suspicious, but he does not know that Quintus is not who he says. Yes, last week we were trying to figure out if Chi- how much Chiron actually knew, and then this week we do find out. Like he's a little suspicious, but he's definitely not sure that there's any lying going on. So that's interesting. A good wrap up to what a long discussion was last week. So I know I've I've read these books a bit more recently than. Uh, you three. So is it, is it okay if I say something that I didn't remember the last time I read the books? Yeah, yeah. go for it. Okay, so I think um, I like one of the more I I've read this book like two times uh, in the last couple of years. Um, I read it in like the both actually times in 2019. I write for uh, like in like the the Christmas break of 2019, but I also write over the summer of 2019. And when I read it in the summer, I like the name of the chapter confused me so much because I did not remember Jane. Uh, is it Janus? Yeah, I, I did yeah. not remember him at all from the book. And it's crazy because he becomes so important in The Last Olympian and mm. even kind of in this book, but I just forgot about him. I That's like one of the few, my few like five things that I remember from uh, the <laughs> The Battle of the Labyrinth is is no, that Seema Jan- Janus. Yeah, that's pretty much all I remember from this book. That Seema Janus and Rachel Hairbrush. I also remember it very well. I don't know why it stuck out so much in my brain because I completely forgot the following scene with Hera. Like, I was like, oh, she's here now. Um, but I definitely remember that man. Probably because I was spooked or something. <laughs> when I read it as a kid, I was like, ooh, that sounds really scary. I'm a very indecisive person, so. That man, I, I remember him. <laughs> I remember he him. He haunts me. <laughs> I, think, I think when I started reading the chapter, I had no idea where I was. But then, like, the second that it was Luke and, like, him not actually, like, him just talking to the coffin. And then when, like, Kelly walks in through the door, I was like, oh, my God, I remember this scene. Um, Percy's standing there and then Kelly realizes he's there and then like that whole thing like as I was reading I was like oh what's she gonna realize what's she gonna realize what's she gonna realize because they were talking back and forth and stuff and I was like no 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 slash at the air Um, (laughs) and then what I didn't remember though is that Nico poured in uh, not one 12 pack of cokes but two 12 packs of cokes I just figured he kind of poured I didn't even know it was a 12 pack I just remember him pouring like coke in a grave and then like throwing in a happy meal or like i didn't even like i knew the happy meal thing just because oh somebody's calling me anyway um <laughs> i knew the happy meal thing because that's the chapter like the chapter title but i just kind of envisioned him just chucking a burger and pouring a coke and like it doing the thing um what what i did not remember was theseus realizing that like the ghost was like somebody not bueno or anything and uh, I also realized that um, 
Nico probably was in a pretty bad state to not have realized, seen as like he played like Greek myth trivia for like most of his life. And like Theseus recognizing somebody and like thinking his evil could only like amount to like two people. It's either you got like the ghost of the Minotaur next to you or it's like King Minos. So I was I was a bit like worried for Nico because I was like, wait, he would, you know, know that kind of going in. Um, I, I realized it was it was him uh, on that scene the first time I read through it uh, because I was like, hey, the ghost of the Minotaur, that's kind of like off. Um, but anyway, I think I think the, those are the parts that I kind of forgot about. Yeah, I completely forgot about Theseus being in this bit. I thought he. I don't know what I thought, but I, I feel like I, I didn't think he was going to be involved in these chapters at all. And then when he was, I was like, oh, that actually does make critical sense. But, <laughs> you know, because like we are in the labyrinth, you know, but um, I also forgot the specific conversation with Hera where um, Percy's like, oh, yeah, like Talia, like when when Talia was born because your husband cheated on <laughs> and Hera was just like, like gave him the <laughs> dirtiest look and was like, oh, you're one of the children that I um like saved. Um, okay, like I'm you know, make me glad I did that, right? <laughs> I would have disintegrated. That's terrifying. <laughs> and so like that really like struck me the second time, especially because I didn't remember it. And I was like, oh wow, she's really like <laughs> making very clear that she has no tolerance for anything bad being said. <laughs> you know in the realm of her marriage which yeah. I thought was respectable also kind of funny and also scary <laughs> so. yeah I think the word Percy used was very funny I think he said sired and I was like that's yeah. an interesting choice of words there yeah. um and then also uh when he said like you are one of Poseidon's children and the, like the little pause that said like oh she was thinking of another word and I've like spent this entire time like thinking like what was that word yeah but i haven't i haven't been able to figure it out i just know it's probably some bad word no, i can think of like spawn was was yeah i, I can mind. actually the spawn makes sense I, I was i was thinking of um i don't really want to say the word but um i know i got i think i i got there as well i think i know what the word you're thinking of is i have no opening, idea opening hamilton ah uh, yes yes i think that's yeah Wait. We would normally say it on this podcast, but th- we do have children here. Yes, yes, so. yes, yes, yes. So children will be listening. <laughs> you, you, you can say it. I just don't want to say it. Yeah, okay. I'm not saying. I mean, uh, it's, you know, the opening the, of Hamilton. The opening of Hamilton. Hamilton. He don't know his father, but he does know his father. So that's you know. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> another thing I thought. Another thing I forgot was uh, that Theseus is the same age as Percy. Yeah, that's weird. Oh, that's so yeah. weird. It was especially when you when you think about like his involvement with like the Amazons and like Hippolyta, you're like, that's so strange. She must have been so young too. Very strange to me. It is it is weird to think about like how all of the Greek heroes were probably super young because um people lived a lot shorter lifespans <laughs> back then. So and like and it's it's interesting to see we say percy's like oh i can't believe that theseus was so young when he defeated the minotaur but percy was 12 when he defeated the minotaur you know yeah so much of our podcast just like 
they're so young. They so yeah. little. <laughs> they are. They like, are. but it's it's also weird. Uh, like for Rick to almost be, it's almost for Rick to be saying, you know. I'm not dumbing down Greek myths for younger readers. Like, seriously, guys, they were teenagers in the myths, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. I respect it. Uh, also, uh, kind of unrelated point, but um, Ava, is that a is that a LaCroix that you're it drinking is. from? It is okay, I just want to say that is, I feel like we should touch upon that somehow, but I don't know. I don't know how to say sure. that. I just want to say, like, <gasps> thank you very much. I wasn't I, sure if it was like good opinions on LaCroix. I or know, like, I was still a We uh, this is a LaCroix positive podcast. <laughs> it really is. It's very tasty. They have so many different flavors. They do. And like I have two um in my dorm here and they are key lime and hibiscus. And frankly, I think I've done a great job picking out the flavors. I yeah, I this is we're not sponsored or anything, but I do recommend key lime LaCroix. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had something off topic to say. Um, <laughs> so what, what, I, what I was thinking about, um, this isn't, you know, something I forgot about or anything, but it's, it's kind of weird how, uh, Kelly tells Luke, like your senses have gone dull. Did he previously have the ability to see people when they were dreaming? I don't yeah. understand. Like, how did he yeah. did his go dull? When was he able to do that? What were the senses? I mean, oh, I yeah. maybe, maybe part of that is the like line being blurred between Luke and Kronos, like because mm-hmm. he is like slowly becoming Kronos. But like, when does that start? When does it end? Because we see Percy's like he looks really good for a man who was thrown off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little too healthy. I really, I really like that interpretation. That was just something that was confusing me. Like, how would Luke, no, but yeah, definitely the Chromis yeah. transformation is happening. I forgot that Tori Kelly was such a big part of, of this book that she showed up more than just the first chapter. Oh no, no, yeah, she shows up like a bunch. I, of I don't really want to spoil anything, but I oh, we're we're crazy. a spoiler heavy podcast, so you oh, can go for it. No, I, heavy, but, yeah. but I, it's just crazy to me that she actually comes back after this book. Yeah, exactly. That's... Not only is she like a minor character in this one, she comes up in House of Hades. Yeah, in House of Hades again. I, that was the one thing I was trying to keep. Well, like that's, I mean, her coming up then is not really yeah. a spoiler. We won't mention what she does. We'll yeah, yeah. Say, hey, she's there. We won't she's mention where out. she appears. I'm just going to say. <laughs> just keep a lookout. <laughs> She'll show up. Yes. Okay. Okay. So. <laughs> We will take a quick break and then we will be right back to talk about the theme choices. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> All right. So where did we see the theme of choices in, in these chapters? I wonder where. I wonder where. Hmm. But hmm. Not, not going straight to the obvious choices. Uh, I would like to look at Nico in the beginning and the choices that he is being influenced to make because Nico is all he really wants to do is he wants to see his sister, wants to get his sister back. But I'm not Minos who we don't know is Minos yet is, mm-hmm. is trying to get himself back to alive undeaded. I don't know. I could not think of it. Resurrected, the... perhaps? There we go. They have undeaded. I, <laughs> I have to go. I have to go. I'm pretty sure undeaded is the uh, correct terminology. We're adding that one to the dictionary. That was good. Undeaded. Um, yeah. yeah, so Minos wants to get undeaded. And so we, <laughs> we, we watch this, like, interaction with all the dead people. And Nico's just, like, screaming, like, I want to talk to my sister. And Minos is like, no, but we have to talk to Theseus because he doesn't knows care. how to navigate the labyrinth. Yes, that too. And it's yeah, just... but I, I thought that was kind of weird because Theseus appears and tells them like, oh, I navigated it with the princess, the string with just a secondary thing. Um, and then, but then I was a bit confused about that plot point because then, uh, not Minos the ghost, uh minus the ghost um says oh i can navigate it don't worry about that just ask him about the soul exchange or something i was like very confused as to like why exactly they wanted theseus or why they bothered like talking to him i yeah i i'm not sure if minos actually can navigate the maze or like was lying about it it was very unclear because it makes no sense is is Minos a demigod or is he a, a mortal? Because and then also I believe play. he's immortal, or he so, might be a demigod. You know, all all those like kings are always like it's oh, confusing. Yeah. I am a descendant of the Jesus, um, <laughs> and then they're like that gives me the divine right to rule. And then like you get into a bunch of stuff you learn in social studies. Um, <laughs> that that is often how monarchies come about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're like. I am the sun god reincarnated. Um, but I, I, I am unclear as to like whether the myths like actually say what Minos is. Yeah, I do believe he is a son of Zeus, though. Well, you know they're related to the gods and they use a voice like that. <laughs> yeah. That's how you know. That's actually what was, how, how what was you that, know. that story in, in Percy Jackson's like Greek heroes or like Greek myths or something where the guy like gets on a chariot and rolls around pretending to be Zeus and then like That's Zeus like, kills him. The, the Apollo. Zeus. What? Yeah, I forget which one that was, but I feel like that was in one of those like big books with the illustrations in it. Um oh. that like there was this dude like run this king running around like pretending to be Zeus and then he got struck by a lightning bolt and died. Um I mean sounds like Zeus sounds like yeah, plausible. Ancient Greek yeah. people, I believe it. I, I have not, I have not read the the Percy Jackson anthologies, but I mean, I'm pretty I sure that the description of multiple Greek myths 
<laughs> Someone yeah. runs around and says there's music. This is like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of crazy to think that if you had some like pretty good pyrotechnics, you'd literally just be like a god in ancient Greece. <laughs> <laughs> they just worship you. They're like, oh or guy started a fire. Meals. What? Happy meals. Happy meals, yeah. Happy uh, meals. That too. <laughs> it, it was wild when Miles was like, no, never mind. <laughs> Sorry, my brain stopped. Someone say something. My brain stopped. Out. I, I like that King Miles wanted a toy. That was fun. That's that, that's what I was gonna say, and then I was gonna like, oh, I should save that for my funny moment, and then my brain couldn't decide quick enough. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I I think I think like the two chapters are very interesting because one of them happens entirely in a dream world, whereas the other one happens like entirely in the labyrinth. And it's really weird how many things are like fit into these two chapters because there's like multiple dreams and then the entire sixth chapter is just in the labyrinth like leaving and going into the labyrinth and that whole moment with Chiron about being suspicious happens in the fifth chapter as does both of the dreams so the fifth chapter is like jam-packed stuff yeah and I, I just thought that was really interesting and then like chapter six is just like all this labyrinth stuff and I, I also like misremembered like I thought the dead cyclops on the toilet or something was in this chapter in chapter six and and the milkman was also both in the same chapter um but apparently they're in different chapters so i was misremembering we only had milkman this chapter <laughs> milkman was a fun little detail i know it was a fun little detail it definitely set off like a very scary tone for what they were like it was like almost yeah. immediately after they entered this very confusing place and it was like dead person <laughs> it's like yeah. oh my god <laughs> They are very young. (laughs) They are very young. And that like that is how this thing is. They should be traumatized. (laughs) I know it was probably more just a joke on Rick's part, but it's isn't it a little disappointing that Percy calls his mom like a million years old or something? Dude, I I was actually I was mad. (laughs) I was so angry about that. Like, how dare you disrespect Sally Jackson like that? Never insult yeah, her. Yeah, we're a Sally Jackson stan podcast. Exactly. And we will come for you. <laughs> She's also, like, a pretty young mom, too. Like, yeah, she is. So okay. angry. Oh, oh yeah, my, my mom was like a million years ago. Like, especially compared to, like, they're talking about all this ancient Greek stuff. And he's like, but this milkman is old. <laughs> old milkman even though this is like thousands of years old it's a new, like a place they're trying to stop cronus from destroying the world but this milkman is so old it's like old. i can't believe people used to deliver milk <laughs> yeah okay this is a completely off topic point but to oh. keep steering away from the um obvious area where choices shows up in these um mm-hmm, chapters mm-hmm. uh percy continues to make the choice to not tell anybody else that Nico is a son of Hades and they're like talking about these the dream sequence he had where it's like one more soul to complete the puzzle and he as far as he knows Nico is being led down a very bad path right now and he's like I'll keep it zip like I don't need to tell anybody and it's like 
you should alert somebody before you go into this like very scary place where not many people have come out of before (laughs) everything goes completely out of control like I don't know what why did he make that choice to keep it a secret (laughs) there's also a logic to that I mean if 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 Kronos hasn't figured it out already then if he dies no one finds out about Nico and Kronos can't you know use Mm. so yeah because then then it'd be a child of the big three yeah that's true I think we talked about this point last week that like how much omnipotent power do these gods have like by like how much do you have to speak something for it to be known by other people Mm -hmm. so like the idea is like oh if they tell Chiron does that mean like a god might overhear or like we were talking about how Chiron doesn't necessarily tell everyone everything because like maybe he doesn't want other people to gods and stuff to overhear it's very unclear the limits and potentials of (laughs) the god's omnipotence but yeah because I feel like um in in later books for example like Heroes of Olympus and even more in Trials of Apollo, the ability of gods becomes so much more like important, and they become so much more powerful than they were in the in the first books, where they kind of like were kind of in the dark for most of everything, and then whenever like the demigods decided to tell them, then that would happen. Whereas in Heroes of Olympus, like they can manifest themselves in many different places at the same time, and then in Trials of Apollo, it seems like you know, like God's powers kind of just do anything. Yeah, it's very much, this is a weird analogy, but in in the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series, it really seems like a, um, American isolationism policy on Olympus, where they're like, we will do what we do and you do what you do. And when we need you, we'll use you, but we're not going to intervene. And then they they switch to more of an uh, Olympian interventionism model later on after I mean, Son that's, of Neptune. That's from Percy's promise, right? Um, yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I, 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 I would say, yeah, partially from Percy's promise, but also, like, there are things they don't know about. Like, they're constantly talking about Heroes Olympus, like, spoiler alert, how, um, you know, oh, like, I, I don't know what's going on in Alaska. Like, my vision doesn't reach there. I have no idea what's going on in Alaska. But then in Trials of Apollo, it's like I'm everywhere at the same time and can, like, bring people back from the dead. And I'm just like, would have been kind of handy if you had that a little while ago, you know, when <laughs> people were actually dying, you know. Just thought. <laughs> kind of a, an idea. Just a thought. Yeah, and it, and it feels like it's very situational because the... I feel like the gods like have like put limits on themselves just to make like the story more interesting. Just think about it. If you could just like revive everybody, then that wouldn't be like fun at all. Right? I do. I like, do agree. I mean, if you I just guess bring that... somebody back from the dead after they're dead. Then it's kind of like, oh, what's the point of this anyway? I mean, yeah. that's also part of. Uh, I think it's like, it's like yes, the, like the gods having rules on themselves to make the stories more interesting. But that's. I mean, that's also like something going back to the. Uh, to this whole idea of like oh the gods have to have heroes to do their quests and they don't really like asking heroes for help um so it's it's kind of like it's it's kind of like a rule that's set into like the fabric of the universe which i'm not sure if that's an actual thing from the greek myths um idea yeah it's it's a weird like 
did they decide that heroes have to do everything for them or like can they actually not the the rules of what the gods can and can't do are very mutable um and that i think that brings up us to hera who is wholly unhelpful <laughs> wait before we transition i want to say something really quickly it's just an idea and it's a callback like way back into the titan's curse where Aphrodite shows up for a hot second and talks to Percy, like, you're in love with Annabeth. And he's like, no, <laughs> except you kind of look like Annabeth for a second. You're the goddess of love, but I'll ignore that. Um, and she mentioned a lot about how this was a good show and how she liked watching it and how she wanted to make the plot more interesting. There's definitely some aspect of that, at least that Rick has hinted at, like maybe they just like watching. And they made these rules for themselves because they're bored and they want to watch a good show. Of course, that's probably not all of it, but at least for some gods, Aphrodite straight up admitted it. But for some gods, it might be like who are removed from the situation. Like this is just a fun little thing to observe. Yeah. And I mean, that's like, it's a problematic stance. Oh yeah. (laughs) But it's also kind of understandable, maybe not forgivable, but understandable you're alive for a long fucking time if you're immortal. And like, well, I get bored too. <laughs> I get bored too. That's fair. But you'd think they'd want to make the stories that don't revolve around their like own existence be. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like it'd be a pretty fantasy True. story of like, you know how it was like in the olden days where Hercules would kill a monster and, you know, kill another monster and, you know, have this like, beautiful girl or whatever like that seems like the stories that they would like mm-hmm. but but the stories that are like oh your demise is coming soon like you will be overthrown your powers will be like cast into the void of depth and eternity and they're like ooh, next plot twist <laughs> yeah i mean like it's probably the most exciting thing that's happened to them since like the world wars so like in a hundred years, like because we we know in the Percy Jackson mythology that World War One and Two were perpetuated by demigods. Um, so I'm sure, even though they're like, "Ooh, I'm scared," but like it's exciting. I feel that a lot in like the past year. That's been awful, but like we've been locked down a lot. Sometimes just like sitting in my room alone watching the world. I'm bored and need something exciting to happen. And even if it's a bad thing that happens to me, it's exciting. Raiden literally commented on my Instagram post the other day because he was bored in his dorm. We're starting a fight. We're fighting. What are we fighting about? And I was like, we're not fighting. You're just bored. <laughs> I mean, so it, yes. I mean, it's it's also like we're we're all watching like WandaVision right now. And like, yes, we like, are. yes we are. Uh, but, I'm saying, but I'm saying like no one really cares that it was like filmed during a pandemic and like people like were had to, to risk themselves to do that but like we're bored right now so we're gonna watch WandaVision and I like that that is partially like me critiquing tonight but like I, I'm not acting like I'm high and mighty like I am also watching WandaVision and <laughs> that show is so, scary I tried to I tried to I tried to like I liked it a lot. And then for some reason, these silly Marvel people decided that it was a good idea to show these, like, dead corpses, like, every, like, couple episodes and just, like, you know, have a little flash of dead people. 
And I'm like, that's not that like that wasn't even necessary, you know, like they just added that in to like appeal to people who like like the scary vibe or something. But like, that's, like kids are watching it. Like you shouldn't do that. That's a strange hot take, Diego. That, that is like, real. No, no, I you should not. It. Like I it's am. not necessary to do that. You don't have to show like in order to like establish that somebody is dead, you do not have to show their lifeless corpse with their eyes glazed over. Hey, like that that's not necessary. Is the only way to be sure someone is dead. Okay, yeah, but it's really scary and off-putting. And then they do the thing with the music too. That makes it even more scary. And I have literally not been able to get any sleep for the past week and have been like, like I go to sleep and then like stay up for like, a, a little like a lot while longer like hiding beneath my blankets because these stupid silly people wanted to put corpses in a kid's show that sounds only slightly Sorry, related I'm done to I see exactly where you're coming from mm-hmm. I respect it mm-hmm. I am the person Sorry. who likes the scary stuff because mostly because I, I've I love Marvel they've been doing a lot of the same thing for for a while so i i like a little like them going a little darker but i do also know that their audience is pretty broad and so it's not an appeal to the to the major audience but it is an appeal to brayden the show was very crafted for my tastes oh no it's fantastic like i really enjoyed it too it just i'm so sure that may were sitting in the offices I'm so sure they were sitting in the offices going, what will Brayden Stallman <laughs> enjoy? <laughs> and they were sitting there, they're like, oh, We, we have kids. to hold them off until we make Percy Jackson TV shows. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And then Falcon and Winter Soldier isn't out yet, but based on the trailer, they said, what are all the things about Marvel that Brayden won't enjoy? <laughs> I don't know. Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'll yeah, still watch it. with that? It looks very like an appeal to the straight white man which is fine for them i don't lots know of, i thought lots of action it was kind of like it was kind of like a random pairing like it's kind of like the two least interesting people and then they were like let's make a show about them that i mean people it, find interesting it is just captain america for minus captain america so it, it really is and captain america the best part of the Captain America movies was Captain America and Black Widow. I like Sam Wilson, but I, I don't know if Sam and Bucky can support an entire show on their own. We'll see. Are we going to talk about Hera? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk about Hera? That was going to happen at some point. <laughs> so, I had something to say about Hera that wasn't about choices, but I forgot what it was. Oh, about her her ability to make her own choices actually is what I wanted to talk about because when she comes in she's like Zeus says that once in a while I can intervene with a quest that I care about and grant them a wish I did not like that Hera for some reason has to do wait and like obviously Zeus is in control of everyone it's established that he kind of establishes the rules of what the gods can and can't do but like it felt very icky to me that he was, she was like, my husband says once in a while, if I care about something enough, I can use all of my insane power. Because Hera is so fucking powerful. Excuse my language. Um, but she is very powerful, and we see her later. She clearly cares about a lot of quests, <laughs> because <laughs> she starts just to intervene 
everywhere <laughs> later on in the books. But I, yeah, I did not like that it felt like she didn't get to decide on her own whether she had intervened or not. Yeah, that was gross and icky. And, and it, it does feel like something like, you know, the kind of like not a great husband Zeus would do. Um, but is it also possible that that's just an excuse Hera uses to not help demigods she doesn't like? That's, that's real. Possible. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think, I, I forget where we talked about this. Uh, I think it was on Seaweed Brain that we talked about this, um, but that, like, the entire, like, Heroes of Olympus is just, like, Hera versus Gaia. And, like, that's, like, literally the plot of the entire series is them just, like, playing on this giant chessboard, which is actually super cool because it's not Zeus. It's not Poseidon. It's all not these losers. It's Hera, who's the one who actually has the power in the family. I agree. I think we forget that Hera has so much power a lot because a lot of the stories that are retold about her... I, I really, I'm a big Hera fan, which is... No, Not I like her too. Opinion, but I'm a big Hera fan. I'm, I uh, and I, I think a lot of the stories we keep telling about Hera are ones where she's just the vindictive wife that's been cheated on and like wants to punish her husband. But why do we not talk about Zeus in the same way? Like Zeus is an a- asshole. I keep swearing, and I'm very sorry. But <laughs> Zeus is a very bad guy who does not treat women with respect. Um, this man turns into animals and assaults people, to be fair, of multiple genders, but mostly women. And then we say, oh, it's fine, because he's a big, powerful king man. And then Hera gets mad and, like, turns someone into a cow. And we're like, oh, Hera's so evil. She's not. I like her. She's powerful. And she's, I like her portrayal in this specific chapter as a protective figure. Because a lot of Hera's thing, a lot of the things Hera covers are like motherhood um, and protection. But her big thing is protection of women, uh, and she's like a, a patron of women in a different way than Artemis is. Um, and I think we see that in this chapter. She infuriates <laughs> Annabeth, but I do think Hera cares about her a little bit. She's playing her games, but she really does come down with the intention of helping Annabeth. Annabeth asks the wrong question. (laughs) I was literally gearing up to say, I was genuinely disappointed in watching how Annabeth answers that question. Yeah, it's like you get one wish and she's like, (laughs) exactly. And it's so like, it's so it's such a quick decision. I've never seen Annabeth make a decision that quickly, especially and I know that she had just been roasted by this minor god being like you're indecisive. He he and I get that that probably took like she took that personally and then when faced with this decision just said I have to go with my gut. But I've just never seen in the series so far we have never seen Annabeth make something so hastily and then it really instantly backfires. regret it. <laughs> yeah, like it instantly backfires, and like we just know she's better than that. Like, why? Yeah, that? like the wish could have been like, oh, like take me to the middle of the lap. Exactly. 
it was it it was yeah she should have had a like very make person get with me now. <laughs> it could have literally been anything oh there's a fire truck outside my uh, window oh very exciting a little little music <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the hair slander has always annoyed me because um, I, the double standard is ridiculous and I don't understand if people don't see it. Like Zeus will do all these things and then Hera will literally just get angry and people will be like, oh, like she's the worst. Like she's such a jerk. Like, and I'm like, okay, no. And then like, they'll justify it with being like, she threw someone off a mountain once. And I'm like, they're gods like they do ridiculous things all the time and like i can't think of one guy who hasn't hurt someone else it's just, it's appalling to me how much people despise hera and i'm like for what um but going back to the hannah er- the hera annabeth thing i combined their names um <laughs> i it's it was really cool for me to see from like a classics nerd perspective um it was really cool for me to see hera be like oh, of course I'm here for you because your mother's Athena, you know? Like, I'm here for you and I, I, I will protect you, this son of Poseidon, whatever. But, like, I'm here for you because that goes back to sort of, like, their alliance from, like, the Trojan War where it was, like, it was Hera and Athena versus, like, Aphrodite, basically, with, like, the whole golden apple problem. And, like, I just loved seeing that connect way back because um, I was like, ah, you know, who doesn't show up in this chapter? Aphrodite. You know, who doesn't openly support Annabeth? Aphrodite. Like, it's, it was so interesting to me. Like, that when Hera got involved, it was almost a reference back to that conflict um, that isn't super addressed in the books. Um, but it was, it was really cool. So basically, I like Hera. I thought Rick did, a, you know, a pretty good job um, writing her. I, you know, had some qualms when she was brought into the story um but like because I you know like there are still things about like Medusa that I'm like huh I wish <laughs> you know had been covered oh yeah but <laughs> like Medusa's writing yeah but so I was a little scared but I was like no this is you know I'll take it <laughs> one thing I will I do kind of want to disagree on is what you're talking about with the double standard because well, I do agree we need to, you know, portray Zeus negatively as, if not way more so than Hera. Uh, this might just be a difference in the media we consume, but I can't remember the last time, like, I uh, had a retelling of Greek myths where Zeus was portrayed, like, positively. Uh, so. <laughs> well, it's just, it's more, the criticism always falls more on, like, in my experiences, like, in sort of the classes that I've taken and in the discussions I've had with people, people have been way sort of more quick to criticize Hera and like cast her off as like oh she's the worst Olympian by far and like like I've heard people say things like that and then when they talk about Zeus they're like oh well he has his issues but he's Zeus and I'm like but what (laughs) she has her issues but she's Hera I I, I totally get that I was just saying like I don't I've never really heard someone be like oh yeah I I love Zeus I it's it's Mm. I, I I more listen to podcasts like talking about Percy Jackson where everyone is like, oh yeah, Zeus sucks. Right. No, yeah. I do agree. I think I think we've culturally like decided that Zeus is bad and then end up still make producing media in which he he's good. Specifically, I'm angry at well, one, the young Hercules TV show, which is not recent, which was made a long time ago, starring Brian Gosling when he was young. 
is an awful portrayal of Hera. But also, the did anyone watch Blood of Olympus? Or not Blood of Olympus, Son of Zeus. Oh no. Son of Zeus, is that the name of it? I don't know why I said Blood of Olympus. Son of Zeus, it was like an animated TV show on Netflix um, that came out in the fall. And it's just portrays Zeus as the hero and Hera's the villain of the entire thing. And at first I thought they were going to, it started off good and then it, it just plummeted. I did watch the entire thing in one night because the animation was fun to watch. But I also kind of hate watched it because I I was I just wanted Hera to get a better portrayal and it just didn't happen. You were waiting for the plot twist where it was like <laughs> the protagonist was the villain the whole time and then they just didn't. Yeah, she has a little bit of I won't spoil it. She has a little bit of a redemption at the end, but it's not it's not what not what we needed. And I don't think that Percy Jackson necessarily. I think that per, like these this series does a pretty good job at displaying Zeus's not a good figure, which is the positive, but he's not, he's more a neutral figure. I feel like they talk a lot about how he's like willing to blast people out of the sky and he doesn't come into the story often. And when he does, I feel like it's, it's not a good portrayal, but it's also not as bad as I think he actually is. But that's just my personal opinion. I think that Okay, end of point. I think that this series does a good job of portraying Zeus as not a hero mm-hmm. or not um, like an all, a very good figure for half-bloods or the gods alike, but not a really bad one either. He, he always seems to just be like overarching. Um, and, you know, when they try and get on a plane, they're like, oh, we can't get on a plane because, you know, Zeus will murder us. Zeus is almost a... <laughs> This is almost a plot device to make road trips more fun. <laughs> yeah. Really a plot device so they have to stay on the road and like have more adventures because like a lot of their problems would be solved if they could just hop on a plane. It's so true. yeah. Yeah. He also just um yeah, he, he gets a lot worse. Like Heroes Olympus, he he suddenly yeah. comes like more not helpful. Like and <laughs> And then by tower, tower like being here, possessed, being possessed by um by by what's her name? Not being possessed, but like the the snow lady like influences him a bunch, and it's a mm-hmm. lot of like you know like she, weird stuff where he's like kill them, and I'm like oh, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> that's whoa. not good. But then by Trials of Apollo, like that last book, like Tower of Nero, is basically just like a a, a hate like letter to Zeus, being like <laughs> yeah. you suck. That's yeah. fair. I don't. We we have not made it that far into the series, but so I, I'm sure I actually trust you on that. <laughs> All right, I think the last thing I want to touch on, choices wise, is Annabeth's choice that's offered to her by Janice. Oh wait, what's the choice? Isn't it just like live or die? No, what? <laughs> Wasn't it like which doorway to go through? Yeah. Yeah. So it in the scene it's which doorway to go through, but it's really like Luke or Percy, and she know somehow she figures. I think she figures it out. It's very vague. She's like the doors, and she's like, oh, okay, everything. I have to decide everything right right now, and everyone else is just like, okay, what's happening? They're just doors. 
And also, uh, unlike everyone else, she has the last line of the prophecy. So that is also playing into her choice. Okay. <clears throat> Wait, yeah. what was the last line again? Um, is it the daughter of Athena's final stand or something? No, it's the daughter of, or child of Athena's final stand, something, 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 something. Mm. Well, the, the, cause, cause remember, um, it's, uh, uh, Perseid, like, what, what rhymes with breath, death, right? And Annabeth is like, I'm not telling you what the last line is, um, because mm. the last line is, lose a love to a fate worse than death. And um, mm. that's Luke. Yes, yes. It's that, yeah, you shall delve into darkness of the endless maze, the dead, the traitor, the lost one raised. You shall rise or fall by the ghost king's hand, the child of Athena's final stand, destroy with a hero's final breath, and lose a love to worse than death. Right, because she lose in this book is when Luke is Luke lost goes to bye bye. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then I think I think she realizes that, and she's like love, and it's like it's it's kind of Percy, but she knows it's not Percy. And also, yeah. if when if she chooses to love Percy, or if she chooses to love Luke, like that might choose who she loses. Yeah, I think that's what the cho- the choice is specifically. And it's we kind of see it in this book because we have um, the scene in the volcano too, where she mm-hmm. thinks she thinks per- they everyone thinks Percy died, mm-hmm. but then like Hera comes in and she's like, "I postponed your choice. You're still gonna have to make it, just not now." Mm-hmm. And and I do like what it it says about choices when um, Hera's like. Or Janice is like, I'm just here doing my job, offering choices. And Hera's like, no, you're not. You're offering indecision. Mm. And I, I thought that was very deep and impactful. Yeah, I, like that. I like that. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting... very good at being mean in these chapters by using fancy goddess words. <laughs> and I'm here for it. <laughs> I, think, I think that's her favorite style. Mm. Just saying things that people don't understand, and then Annabeth being like, "Here's some." I think that's that's transitioning into another section. <laughs> All right. Do we want to go on to sass moments? Yes, that's precisely that was the best segue ever because that's what I was thinking of. I was thinking of my sass moment. Do you want to share it then? Yes, page one hundred and six. Would you all please turn to this page? Oh, wait, I passed it. I have an audio book here. Okay, well, you're... Mm. (laughs) Um, I shall shall read it for you. Okay, okay. Annabeth stamped her foot. What sort of help was that? Here, have a sandwich. Make a wish. Oops, I can't help you. Poof. Um, And I think that is my favorite sass moment. That She's all like, one. you sandwich. Oops. That was a good um, one. That was a good one. I, I was think thinking if, of that one. If yeah. you read it the right way, it, it mm-hmm. definitely like comes off like very like mockingly. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. My line was a little uh Janice interaction because those were all fun. Uh but on page 101, uh what kind of door, the left face asked. Shut up, the right face said. Because French doors are nice, the left face mused. Lots of natural light. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. 
I always think the stupid lines are funny and that was fun for me. (laughs) Following up on that, that stupid lines are funny. Page 95, it's the very beginning of chapter six. It's not a sass moment, but Tyson says, left walls are mean. Which way now? That was mine. I laughed. I can't lie. I giggled. I thought it was very funny. Left walls are mean. (laughs) I was just about to say that. Uh, <laughs> I, I like also when he says, uh, first he killed the water fountain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was also very good. <laughs> yeah. I um, also like, um, sort of literally a few lines down from left walls are mean. Um, how do you know? I asked deductive reasoning. So you're guessing. <laughs> <laughs> Period. That's so true, though. <laughs> That was a good moment. I forgot that's, about that. That's one. like one of those words that makes you sound smart when what you're doing is like not smart <laughs> yeah. at all. Yep. Yeah. Be like, yeah. oh, I am prisoning deductively. And then yeah. it's like, <laughs> are you? <laughs> uh, another right. thing that was. Oh. Uh, go ahead. I, go uh, ahead. No, go. Just another quick sass moment because I like when. Uh, Hera is like knowing something and knowing how to use, having something and knowing how knowing how to use it are two different things, and she's just basically calling Percy stupid. Uh, <laughs> Very nice. And about and she's like, "Your mom agrees with me." Yeah, yeah. All right, offering time. Who are we giving offerings for this week? I will go first, I suppose. Then mine is for Nico because. This boy just wants to see his sister again. His sister died and he's just, he, all he wants to do is see her again. And he's getting manipulated by this evil dead guy from years ago who just wants to get undead. And all Nico wants is a su- support system and someone to love him. And so he's glomming on to figures that are toxic for him. And I just feel really bad. <laughs> so throwing up for Nico. <laughs> I agree. Um, mine is for Annabeth though I also gave mine to Annabeth last week but she's really going through it in this book like we're expect I'm expecting her to be in the top three at least in this book she's having a rough time mm-hmm. and um just th- this is like similar to the reasoning from last week but just this she's been waiting her whole life to get this one quest that she gets to lead and this quest is like Basically, the end point of this quest is trying to destroy the one person that she's always had with her, which is Luke. And yeah, just very, very sad that she has to do that. So sending her strength. She's doing great, even though she can't make a decision. (laughs) She'll have to make it at one point, but like, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm actually going to hop on the Annabeth train. I, I do think that she deserves it sort of the most in my eyes in these chapters. I, I like Tyson. I'm gonna go with Tyson. I feel like he's like everything he says. He's just trying to to support Annabeth on on her quest, and then just mm-hmm. uh, and he and he eats peanut butter sandwiches. So, so. great. I choice. think I think mine 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 was tied here uh, between one that I just felt really bad, and that was uh, 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 Grover. Yeah, right. so really I forgot. Blanked out on that name for a second because he, <laughs> you know, never appears again in any of the books and is kind of just like a character that kind of disappears after the first quest. 
Bernie Mays. Onward. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I think he just the whole hyperventilation and him being underground, stuck with a bunch of monsters. Um, like I just feel so bad for him. Like he's all there, like stuck. Um, and in a place he doesn't like, and I think he needs, he needs something to help, uh, uh, keep him going before he, uh, does go crazy, um, uh, at some point. Um, and I don't know, should I transition into like kicking or? Yeah, if you want to, if you're ready. All right, go right into it. Um, okay, wait, who did I select? Oh, off island. I said off island. It says in my notes. <laughs> I am gonna vote Hera off the island. Uh, I know we just talked a lot about how awesome she was and everything, uh, but <laughs> extremely unhelpful. Um, like, I mean, come on. Like the sandwiches were nice, but she could have at least, you know, like been a little bit more specific than you know the answer, Percy. It's hidden deep inside of you. <laughs> like that whole thing is just like that happens in all the books, and it pisses me off so much. That whole like like search for a deeper meaning inside your soul thing is just mm-hmm. i don't like that mm. She's doing and for that she, she, chapters. she is she doing has, such a chiron yeah <laughs> that's a good point i guess she needs to be <laughs> off all right who else oh i'll do nico i think he's being i think he's being very stupid doing like going along with minos um even though he's not like fully trusting him i feel he's just not being smart hanging out with the guy and yeah i i this is this might not be uh, the most popular opinion but this is my least favorite nico book um i think nico is just a, a better character in every other book here he just acts a bit irrationally um and i understand he's trying to bring back his sister but I, I I never really understood why he felt the need to bring in Minos for it. So valid points. I get it. That that transitions into mine, which is Minos. Mine is also Minos. <laughs> for being for being the bad influence. Um because Nico is an eleven year old who is very vulnerable right now. And he's taking advantage of all this power that this eleven year old has. And Therefore, shame. Stay away from Nico. <laughs> yeah. I have a gun. Stay away from <laughs> no, I agree. I I do think Minos did a terrible job, but I'm just, I, I, at this point, mine, I'm so tired of Luke. I'm so tired of Luke. Like, I... Rephrase the plot of Percy Jackson and the Olympians in one second. <laughs> I'm so tired of Luke. Oh my God. Like, I get it. Like, I get that it's tough. Um, like everything he's doing right now. Um, but you know, as someone who adores Annabeth and always has, like, this poor girl, like, you can't drag out this toxic, unhealthy, you know, bond for that much longer. I'm tired of her constantly feeling hurt by him it's so annoying to me so my my vote is for luke a good use of your vote it makes sense no 
All right, folks, that is all for this week. Join us next week where we will be discussing... Chapters 7 and 8, Tyson leads a jailbreak, and we visit the Demon Dude Ranch through the theme of reputation. Make sure to follow us on all of the social media platforms that matter. We're at Return to Camp. We also have a Patreon and a Redbubble store and a website, returntocamp.com. Um, Sam Diego, do you want to plug anything? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have a website, thehalfbloodreport.com. You can find all our stuff there, like our socials. Our Twitter is at HalfReport, our Instagram at thehalfbloodreport, and we also have a Patreon, which you can find on our website. Oh, yeah. and, and listen to us, please. Yeah, yeah, give us a listen. Um, if if you if you don't know who we are, uh, or or you haven't listened to us, uh, check out um either our latest episode or an interview with an author that you particularly like. Um. <laughs> Which, seen as you're listening to this podcast, could be Rick Riordan, uh, but that's just a suggestion, you know. Yeah, we'll we'll drop the, drop some links to there. Could stuff. be could be something, um, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, thanks so much for having us on again. We had a blast uh, talking about things, uh, ranting about things, um, and yelling about things in general, and also being extremely confused. Um, I gotta study up on my. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when, 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 yeah, when were you guys in middle school? <laughs> when were we, that's when a were good question. But... That's a great question. We were in, like, 2013. Okay, okay, I gotta study like, up on my 2015, too. 2013 through, like, 16, like, 20, internet culture. 2012 through 2015 is, like, the range of... Okay, yeah. that's, that's what I gotta study up next time, and then I'll, <laughs> you guys are gonna say, like, an obscure thing, and I'm gonna be like... I'm going to be so, like, tuned in. I'll know, like, all the references. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Diego, Diego said that we had a blast, and it's true, but I was also trying to think about a joke related to what happens in a couple of chapters. <laughs> Appreciate the effort. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice try, Sam. <laughs> all right. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>